so this is our fifth week, I believe, of our Breaking Bad series. I know I've really enjoyed it, and we've really been hitting this one thought of a lot of times in life, the greatest battles that we face are not out there. They're actually inside of us. It's our brokenness and what the Bible calls our sin nature, and we've been looking into what it means to really experience freedom as a follower of Christ, and something that I experienced for a long time was I experienced the forgiveness of Christ, all the mistakes that I've made. The Bible says when I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and I believe in my heart that he died for me, that I received forgiveness for everything bad that I've done. I experienced that for a long time, but I never really experienced true freedom from the sinful habits that I found myself in bondage to. And maybe you've experienced that forgiveness, but haven't really experienced that freedom, and that's really been the heartbeat of this series. There's this, this verse from Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, and it says this, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. We have been using this as a visual analogy. I didn't know we were using it for three weeks in a row. Two weeks ago, Pastor Troy used it, and I nearly threw the thing away. So thank goodness I only threw away the cardboard pieces, and those were easy to make. But this is what we've been talking about. The Bible says you and I have these sinful habits where we've hit, you know, our bad uh, attitudes, our bad habits. Today we're talking about our, our, our bad thoughts and how the Bible says that we have to crucify them and kill them on the cross of Christ. So this is just a great visual picture of what we're hitting and talking about today, specifically with our bad thoughts. I'm going to give you a brief rundown on the past four weeks of, of this series. I would encourage you, if you missed a week, get on our church website. You can listen to our podcast the very first week, we talked about having an awareness of our sin nature and our brokenness and admitting that we are powerless to control it, and we're actually powerless to save ourselves. It's getting to that place of saying, God, I am completely helpless apart from you. Week two, we talked about temptation and how that works. Week three was about bad attitudes. Last week was about bad habits and learning how to find real transformation and surrendering who we are, rather than trying to find the willpower to do it, because our willpower won't actually work. Today's focus, as I said on, on there, it's actually our bad thoughts, bad thoughts, which for me is really ironic, because when I found out like five to eight weeks ago that I was going to be ending this series, and I found out we were doing bad thoughts, I'm like, God, what in the world are you thinking? Because like bad thoughts are like my biggest struggle. I'm like, I have to get up in front of all these people and talk about bad Thoughts. So no, this is coming from someone who has not figured this out. It's coming from someone who is having to fight this battle every day, although I'm finding freedom in it. Yesterday, I actually had to apply everything that I'm going to teach on today because of my own personal battles with bad thoughts and lies that I come up against. So know that I'm in the midst of the fight, as many of you might be as well, of these bad thoughts. So how many of you in here have ever had a bad idea. Hopefully that's all of us. I've had a lot of bad ideas. I'm going to share one that I saw one time, and then I'll share one that happened when I was five years old. I, I played high school soccer, and I, I played on a club team, and I was really blessed to be a part of, like, a great program and a great team, and, like, we would, we would win games, and sometimes we would, like, beat people, like, really bad, and then, like, you'd feel bad, but you shouldn't because it's a sport, and, like, winners, like, just be happy that you won, and there was this game. I was a goalkeeper, and we were up like 5 or 6-0, oh, and like we scored again, and like I hadn't like touched the ball in like 20 minutes because our defense was like really good, and the ball like really got to me, but we scored, 
And the other goalkeeper had like an anger issue that I didn't know about because I didn't know the guy, but I saw it like play out in the moment after he let by this like fifth or sixth goal where and it was almost like slow motion. I was standing on the other side of the field, like just looking because we just scored. And I'm like, sweet, we scored again. And I see this goalkeeper like, I can just see the look on his face. I'm like, he's like upset and like not feeling well. And I'm like, I was like, I was like, what is he thinking right now? And he like makes a V line straight for the post over here. And I'm, I'm like, where's this guy going? And it was like slow motion. He just wound up and just nailed this post and just kicked it as hard as he could. And what do you think happened immediately? He fell on the ground. The dude actually broke his foot. And we had to wait like 15 minutes when the doctors came out. And I'm like, dude, that was like a bad idea, like bad thoughts. When I was five years old, I was not the perfect kid, as you may think I, I was. I, I, I started doing really stupid things at a very young age. In preschool, we did show and tell. Who all ever did show and tell in preschool or at some point? I don't even remember what I brought. Probably nothing cool because I had nothing to really be proud of. But there was this kid that had this purple and, like, white, like, clear rock that he brought from his rock collection at home. And I don't remember, like, like point by point, but I just remember as a five-year-old, I was mesmerized with this rock. And, like, the way that the guy described it, I'm like, man, I want that rock. As a five-year-old kid, I was already processing, how am I going to steal this thing from this guy when he's not looking? At five years old. And show and tell ended. And at some point during that day, I was so smooth, I actually ended up stealing his rock. And come the end of the day, you know, the kid's like, where's my rock at? And you know what I was doing? I'm like, I have no idea. Like, like, did you place it somewhere? Did you drop it? Did you lose it? That rock is still sitting in my parents' home in Tennessee right now. And my dad's coming in a couple weeks. I'm going to have him bring it. But that was a bad idea as a five-year-old kid. I have plenty more bad ideas and bad thoughts that I could share, but I won't hop into them. But there's this verse from Philippians 4, 8. It says this. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. It says one final thing. It's like, if, 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 if you're not going to miss anything, don't miss what I'm about to say. I think there's some importance with what, what follows that statement. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So this guy named Paul was writing to this church in Philippi, a group of people just like us, and he was challenging them and reminding them to fix their thoughts on the right things. Because if you read back through this book, you realize that there was things that they were experiencing as as individuals, things that they were experiencing as a church that could have easily caused them to think improper thoughts. And he even addresses at the beginning of chapter uh, 4 some type of misunderstanding between like two people. And there was division and tension. And if you have ever had a moment like that, you know that Bad thoughts can creep in on judgment and bitterness and criticism. And he was directly addressing these things and saying, hey, I I know what you're going through. I know what you're facing. I want to remind you to fix your thoughts on the right things. Paul understood that Christ was interested in what these people were dwelling upon and thinking upon and processing because he knew that their actions were going to be a direct result of what was going on in here. And you and I are no different. So I think we could spend all day on this topic of bad thoughts because there's so many angles and so many 
like perspectives, and there's a lot that falls under the umbrella of bad thoughts. I'm going to walk through four main ones, and I'm going to have us focusing on one uh, specific thing that I think actually impacts every area of bad thinking. So there's four types of bad thoughts. The first is, is this. It's a thing called pessimism. Now, pessimism, it produces chronically or constantly reoccurring negative thoughts about oneself. Chronically or constantly reoccurring negative thoughts about oneself. Being vulnerable, this is one I struggle with. Like, to the point of, I, I got a Turkish coffee pot, because uh, I'm getting married in five and a half weeks, and it was part of our wedding registry, and, and if you don't know what a Turkish coffee pot is, just look it up, it's super cool. And if you don't know me, I'm obsessed with coffee, so I was really excited. And I measured a cup out, and was filling it with water, and like somehow my hand always like knocks things over, if anyone else is, is out there. And, like I run into walls and all that stuff, and I knocked it over. And my first thought after I spilled water was, you're such a failure. Like That was the first thought that came into my mind. Pessimism. I don't even have to try. Like It's, it's a negative thought that comes in, and I have to battle that with truth of God's word, which is what we're going to talk about today. But that's something that I struggle with, and maybe you find yourself there as well. Another type of bad thinking is anxiety, and it manifests as fearful or worried thoughts about the unpredictability of life. It's just bad thinking, like the, the what-if game, like thinking up a scenario of what could happen or what could possibly happen that may never happen. We can easily get wrapped up in that. Another, another type of bad thinking is bitterness, and it's discontented and envious thoughts toward others. And Obviously, that can just arise out of situations, circumstances that we have with other people. The fourth area of bad thinking is the area of criticism. And it's judgmental thoughts toward others, and a lot of times, actually, judgmental thoughts toward ourselves. We can sometimes be our worst critic. So you have all of those areas, and there's tons of stuff that fall under this umbrella of bad thinking. But today, I want us to focus on this thing uh, under the, the umbrella of bad thinking called, called lies. Lies. Something that I personally believe is connected in somehow, some way, to all these other types of bad thinking. The foundation of bad thinking is a thing called lies. And it's something that I think all of us struggle with. And there's three points that I'm, I'm going to hit here when it comes to us and, and, and lies. And the first thing is this, is that we can often feed on the wrong things. Like we're putting the wrong things in our mind. We're, we're watching things we shouldn't watch. We're, we're reading things that we shouldn't read. We're listening to things that we shouldn't be listening to. And we will be filled with what we feast on. And what we're putting inside of us is going to influence us, guaranteed, every single time. That if you and I fill our minds with filth, we're going to feel the weight of that filth. If we choose to feed on bad thoughts, then we're, we're going to feel the sickness and the side effects of those things. There's a difference between a vulture and a hummingbird. Like whenever I hear the word vulture, I just like feel disgusting because it's a vulture. And hummingbirds are cool because they're small and they flap their wings really fast. And it's like amazing. And they're just cute little birds. And this vulture flies around all day searching and scanning the ground for what? Things that are dead. Roadkill. You have this hummingbird who's flying and flapping his wings like 20 times a second or something like that, which I don't understand how that's even physically possible, but apparently it is. He's searching, flying around, trying to find what? Some type of nectar, right? Something that's sweet. And when it comes to our bad thoughts, 
and us feeding on the wrong things. We can either have this vulture approach and have a roadkill diet, or we can have this hummingbird approach on trying to find nectar each day. It's up to us because we're going to find and be filled with what we're looking for. That's just the, the, uh, the first part. Secondly is lies, when it comes to bad thinking, can actually come from a moment of shame. Lies can come from a moment or moments of shame. And most lies and bad thinking actually come out of moments of shame where we were embarrassed about something. We were exposed or we felt ashamed about something that we did or who we were. And back in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve experienced shame. And what was the the first thing that they did when they experienced shame? They found the closest thing they could to cover their shame up. It was something false, something fake that could cover up who they really were. And when you and I experience shame, we try to find the closest thing to us to cover that shame up that are really lies and false and and, and fake. And we're going to dive into that here in just a little bit on what that actually looks like. But lies that we believe about ourselves can actually arise from moments of shame that we experience. And the third, when it comes to our struggle with believing lies, it's we can quickly concede to lies. You and I can quickly concede to lies. And we accept defeat, and we don't fight, and we don't have a backbone to stand up. Something happens, and we kind of get labeled, and we just accept every label that comes our way, and it becomes part of our bad thoughts and our bad thinking and specifically lies that we're believing. And we can see, and we just kind of choose to sit back and sit down in the midst of those lies and in the midst of those bad thoughts. And God, all the while, is calling us out of those. Those are just a few points on us dealing with these things called lies and bad thinking. And maybe you found yourself relating to that in some form or some fashion. And whether you've been following Christ for a long time or you're just kind of new to it or you're just checking this church out and, you know, you know like there's something inside of you that's searching. I think this whole battle with bad thoughts and bad thinking and specifically lies that we believe and the effects that we feel, I think that's something that many of us can relate to and understand and grasp because we feel it. We, we feel our, our brokenness. So I have this question on how can we be free from the lies of bad thinking? How can you and I be free from the lies of bad thinking? And the root of most of our sins outwardly are actually based off of lies that you and I believe about ourselves inwardly. It's, it's, a, it's, it's like a natural reaction. So how can we fight off and be freed from these bad thoughts? Now, I, I just want to bring reality to these points that I'm about to hit. I think a lot of times, like with church, we, we expect I'm going to come, I'm, I'm going to hear these points, and they're going to be good biblical points straight from God's word, and then everything's going to be fine. Like, I'm, I'm going to walk out feeling good. I'm, I'm never going to deal with these things again. And the reality is, all these points are truth, and they're powerful. But when it comes to the process of being broken of lies that we have believed for so long and bad thinking that we have, it can be a very uncomfortable and actually at times very painful process when God's ripping away who we think we are so he can replace it with who we really are. And know that these points we're going to go through, I challenge you, apply them, practice them. I had to practice all three of these yesterday. But understand that it's not a quick fix. It's something that we have to commit to doing every single day when it comes to the lies that we have in our bad thinking. So how can we be free from these lies? The first thing is we have to identify the lies. 
you and I have to identify the lies. Now, it's nearly impossible, and I would probably say actually completely impossible, to fight against things that we can't identify. If we can't identify our enemy, because if, like the Bible says, there's actually an enemy that's out to steal, kill, and destroy your God-given purpose and your God-given identity. And if you and I can't identify his weapons and his strategies and his tactics, then we're going to be off to a real shaky start on trying to be freed from our bad thinking. We're going to spend our time like fighting the wrong fights and fighting the wrong things. Like a month ago, I started having some car issues, and usually I'm the guy I take it in and I let someone else pay for it. I'm getting to the point in my life now where I'm like, I want to try to save as much money as I can, and if I can fix something, I'm going to try to fix it or find someone in my life that can help me fix it. And it was the oddest thing, like my battery would start to like, like go back and forth, you know, that little whatever that get gauge thing is. See, I don't even know the name of it, but it, it's at 14 in the middle, you know what I'm talking about? And it would drop down to like 11 some days, like during the day, and then it would like go back up. And like I had Pastor Troy come out a couple times and look at it, and like we would like reattach like the battery and like hit it down further, and like it worked and it was fixed for a while, and then like it stopped working again. And then the oddest thing started to happen when I would turn my headlights on at night. Or in the morning, I was going to a group one time, and uh, my car died because my headlights drained my battery so fast. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Like, I thought it was my battery, and we checked it out, and we thought we fixed it. We thought it was my battery connection. We checked it out. I thought we fixed it. And then I turned my headlights on, and it completely kills my car. Like, I was pulling over here, and I was lucky to be driving by the church right when my car started, like, like doing that. I'm like, this thing's about to die. Like, I just got to get to some parking lot. And I'm like, perfect, there's the church right there. I'll just pull in there. And I thought I was identifying, like, the proper problem that was actually impacting my entire car. Come to find out that it was actually the alternator that was going bad that was actually affecting all these other things. And it was a good learning experience for me because I actually uh, got to be trained and coached by Corey Johnson, who is head of our elementary ministry on how to change an alternator, and it, it, was, it was a good experience for me, but I know that I had to identify what was causing everything else to malfunction. The, this one thing was actually causing all these other things to malfunction. I had to identify the source of the problem, and we, we fixed it, and we replaced it, and I haven't had an issue with it yet. I'm just waiting for my next problem to come up with my car, because that's what cars do. But when it comes to the lies that we believe, we have to identify what the problem is, like, like, like the root lie that we're believing. And here's some common lies that we believe. I'm no good. I'll always fail. I'll never amount to anything. My life doesn't matter. No one really cares. No matter how hard I try, I'll never make a difference. It seems like I mess everything up. God can never love me because of what I've done. I'm worthless. My life stinks It's only going to get worse. I'll never get a break. There's no way I can change. Guaranteed, you've thought at least one of those thoughts within the past two or three days. I know I I have. And any one of these thoughts can be deadly because they're lies from the enemy. But the reality is many of these thoughts are actually connected to one another, which makes us feel in prison and chained down and in bondage, which is why we're talking about this whole breaking bad. If we want to break free from these lies, and really experience God's truth come alive in our lives, then we must begin by accurately identifying lies that we believe. What's the real problem underneath the surface? The Bible says this in Psalm 139. It says, Search me, O God, 
and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, my, my bad thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Something interesting about this verse is, according to Scripture, apart from God revealing things to us, we can't even see our own bad within ourselves. King David said, I want you to point out anything in me that offends you, God. Like, test my thoughts. Like, anything that's not right, like, speak it to me. Help me to see it. King David had learned the hard way. And he finally came to a point of realizing this really is all about God. Like, I even can't reveal my own brokenness to myself. Like, there's lies that I'm believing. I can't even track down. God, give me clarity. God, help me to see. And God is faithful to reveal the things in our lives that just aren't right. Sometimes, though, we can just be blind to them. Sometimes we can choose to refuse or excuse them. So for me, about a year and a half ago, God revealed to me something that drastically began to change my fight against bad thinking and lies. There was a root lie within my life that actually caused all these other lies to branch off of it. And I had a moment where God, like, revealed to me, or like the Bible talks about where, like, we were blind, and God, like, rev- like opens up our eyes to where we can see things properly. And I had that moment where I, I, I saw this root lie that I had believed about myself, and I don't know where it came from, but I know that it was impacting and affecting every part of me. And it was this lie that deep down inside, I thought that I was an exception to everything. God could do that for you. God could do that for everyone else. But me, I'm, I'm an exception. And that it involved so many other things on my interaction with people, on my answers to things. And I felt like I can never be good enough. I can never say the right things. I can never act the right way. I felt like my opinions didn't matter. I felt like I had to say yes to everything. And I could never say no to anything or anyone because I was an exception. And that was a root lie that I believed about myself. And I don't know where it came from, but God revealed it to me. And there was actually a sense of, of relief when I, I saw this is the thing that is dragging me down. I feel like I am an exception to everything. It was a lie that I was believing. And that lie that I believed actually caused me to act in ways that, not, that God never created me to act out on. And this is something I still deal with something that I still battle. Some days I'm good, some days it's all that I hear, and God is still weeding out my, my garden when it comes to these lies and this exception and all these things that branch out of it. But it's important to identify what is underneath the surface that is causing me to believe all these other things. For me, it was I'm an exception to everything. The Bible says this in Psalm 103, verse 8. It says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with un." failing love. One of the greatest things about God's unconditional and unfailing love for us is that he's not going to hold back and reveal to us the things that we really need to see and we really need to hear. God's love is perfect, which means he's going to speak the truth in love, even though he knows that it's going to hurt in that moment. Because he knows that it has the possibility to get us somewhere different from where we currently are, maybe wrapped up and bound down by lies. 
when God's going to speak those things to us and help us see, he knows there's a possibility, depending on how we respond, that we could begin to experience freedom. And just as any good father, I've been so blessed to have such a great father in my life. And growing up, I did tons of stupid stuff. And my dad would let me hear that I did something stupid. And deep down inside of me, I knew that he was right. But he would speak the truth to me in love when I stepped out of line. And he would address the issues that were getting in the way because my father's love for me was unconditional. It's no different with us and God. Oftentimes we can feel the effects of that lie that we believe, and we don't know what that specific lie is, and that can be a completely empty and painful and frustrating place to be. But we have to remember God is compassionate. God is full of perfect love and unconditional love, and he's faithful to reveal the things that are getting in the way. So I I started thinking to myself, how do I experience God reveal those lies to me practically in my day-to-day life? And there's several things. I feel like God reveals to me lies and bad thinking that I have through his word because his word is perfect and it's flawless. I believe that he reveals lies and my bad thinking to me through other people within my life. I believe part of growing and maturing in our relationship with Christ is, is, is you begin to just see things differently and you begin to get better uh, clarity on things I think many times uh, God can reveal those lies we believe about ourselves through uncomfortable circumstances and situations in life that kind of bring those things to the surface. But because of our sinful nature that we've been talking about, we naturally want to push those things back down because we just don't want to deal with our brokenness. All the while, God is saying, hey, come to me. It's okay. Let these things come out. I'm trying to heal you. But how will we choose to respond when these lies are exposed? Will we listen or will we refuse and excuse them? It's so important when it comes to being set free of bad thoughts and bad thinking and lies. We have to identify the lies that we believe. Secondly, when it comes to being broken free of these things, it's we have to confide in community. You and I have to confide in community, and confide means to express secrets or, you know, um, share, share feelings in trust that these people or that person is going to help and support. Because the grip of lies actually tighten the longer we keep them hidden. It's like a strangle effect that you can feel around uh, your soul, your emotions. You just feel like you're strangling, and, and you can't breathe when we keep those lies hidden inside because we don't want people to know who we really are. We don't want to share our brokenness with people because we have trouble being vulnerable and transparent. But the, the grip of lies actually tighten the longer that we keep them hidden. And I'm speaking from experience with that. I love the contrast of these two verses out of Psalm 32. It's King David, and he's contrasting the, the difference between confessing things and bringing them out of hiding and hiding things. Psalm 32, 3, it says, When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. So that when that comes to me and God, it's me not being able to admit that maybe I was wrong. And when I refuse, like, I feel like my body's wasting away. Like I, I have pain. I, I have emptiness. I feel bound up. Three verses later, he says, Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stop trying to hide 
my guilt. I confided in you. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. Right? We, we talked about that at the very beginning. You forgave me and all my guilt was gone. That, that moment of forgiveness was a catalyst for real freedom to begin to take place. And I think King David learned his lesson the hard way. If you know his story, he actually committed adultery and had a man killed. And he was hiding it from everyone. And his buddy Nathan, I believe, what was his name, actually confronted him and knew what he did and called him out. And immediately King David admitted what he had done. But he had a moment where he hid what he had done. And I think that's where he learned this lesson of refusing to confess and refusing to confide in God and in others actually brings pain while confession leads to freedom. Even for me, if I'm like battling something, like I don't even know like what I'm facing, like just the fact that I can get out the thought to someone on, hey, I feel like something's just not going right with me. I can't even put it into words. Actually begins a process of being freed from bondage that we experience because we're trying our best to be open and being vulnerable and like I don't I don't want to hide I don't I don't, I don't want to pretend two weeks ago or three weeks ago uh, at, at our student group for high school and junior high guys we meet on Sunday nights at six o'clock we're meeting tonight if you're junior high or high school guy I would love for you to be there come talk to me and I'll give you all the info that was a plug but we had a moment, and I, I, I love that group because there's, like, real friendships that are already there and real friendships that are developing. And we had a moment, like, not every conversation and discussion we have is, like, like light bulbs. And, like, sometimes, like, there's tons of silence. And I'm like, man, God, I feel like such a failure. No one's even saying anything. Like, do I even need to be here right now? Like, you know what I'm talking about? And there was a moment where it was like that for, like, 20 minutes. And all of a sudden, th- this high school guy goes, I don't feel like I belong anywhere. And it was like a moment where, like, the ice broke. And, like, all these other students started saying, like, man, like, I understand. Like, I relate. Like, I've, I've been there. Like, I still feel that way. And he was bringing to light and confiding in community that he felt like he wasn't valuable enough to belong anywhere. And I think, what if that guy didn't have that community to share that with? He would still be keeping that inside. It's so important to have a community to confide in. That's why we have life groups. It's so important to be connected to a group of people that aren't perfect, but just understand what's going on, can support you and challenge you and, and, and just be there for you, confiding in community. So for me personally, I know it's obvious that I need the help of other people because on my own, I'm not doing a very good job of winning against my bad thoughts and my lies and When I decide to keep things hidden inside and fight battles alone, over the long run, nothing changes. But in the short term, I actually experience bits of freedom. But the lies seem to come back because I'm just on my own. I'm a lone ranger. I'm a sitting duck. Learning to voice these things can actually be really uncomfortable. And sometimes some of us have voiced this to people, and it did not work out the way we thought it should. And we just feel like we can't trust people anymore because of things we've experienced. And I know I've been there partially, not been there fully, but I understand that, that can be a real place that we can be in where we just feel like we can't trust anyone. We feel like everyone's out to get us. And learning how to voice these things can be uncomfortable. But I'm learning being vulnerable and learning how to be transparent actually begins to break the bad within us, and that actually begins to lead to freedom. You and I need people in our lives who are able and willing to shoot 
down the lies that we believe about ourselves. I grew up in the 90s, the greatest decade ever. <laughs> Who will ever play the Super Nintendo? That, like, gray one with the purple stuff. There was this game called Duck Hunt. You guys know what I'm talking about? And there was even, like, an option to, like, like shoot, like, clay, uh, whatever those things are called. Discs? Well, no, there's a better word than discs. I, I, I could think of discs. I'm thinking of a different word. But there was this game, Duck Hunt. The clay thing was cool. But it was like, I wanted to kill ducks on the TV. And as, like, a 90s kid, the fact that I could hold this fake plastic gun in my hand that was obviously connected to the thing and, like, shoot to the TV and somehow I would know where I was aiming at was, like, mind-blowing. And, like, when you think about that, that decade, like, that was pretty good technology for back then. And these ducks would, like, go across the screen and, and you would shoot at them, right? And some of them you would hit, some of them would keep flying, and you'd always get frustrated that you missed the one that got away. And it would fall, and there was this little companion that would get them, that little dog. We all love that little dog on Duck Hunt. And when, when I think about lies that I believe and confide in community, I have to have people in my life who are willing to shoot down lies that I speak over myself and I believe about myself. I, I'm very thankful for Lisa, my fiancé, because there's times where I'll say something out loud about myself, a complete lie, and she'll call me out and, and she'll say, Brent, that's not true. That's confiding in community. That's having someone in my life that will shoot down the lies that I speak over myself that, that, that just are not true. And I have to ask this morning, do you have those friends? And if you do, are you letting them into in your life? We have to have people who are able and willing. Because here's the reality. Most people are always willing to shoot down the lies and the bad thinking in your life. But they're not always able because we don't allow them to be. We have to learn how to confide in community. When you and I choose to hide, the result is drifting further away from the freedom that is available. And instead of breaking the bad, it's actually building up the bad within us. You and I, we have a battle with our sin nature every day. I think the place that it begins is in our mind and in our thoughts. And we have to, by God's grace, be able to identify those lies. Secondly, we have to learn to confide in community. And the third thing is we have to saturate yourself in God's word. Saturate yourself in God's word. Like, saturate is like I'm completely covered in God's word. Like when I jump in a pool, I'm saturated with, with pool water. When I'm in, in the deep end, completely engulfed in the water. Saturate yourself in God's word. Second Corinthians 10, 4, it says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. And the key part of this, and, and it says, and to destroy false arguments, which is lies. Now, when you're arguing with someone, you are trying to convey to them that what you have to say is true and vice versa. When the Bible says that God's weapons are used to destroy strongholds and to destroy false arguments, you have to realize that there's an enemy that is trying to convince you that his argument about who you are and what you've done and who you are becoming is actually true. When the Bible says that they're false arguments, we have to understand on our own, you and I are not capable of fighting against this. We have to use God's weapons and God's word. And one of the greatest hindrances to freedom that you and I have is when we get stuck, and I'm speaking to myself, 
when we get stuck into our impure and our negative thoughts and our bad thinking instead of making the translation to God's word. Because the Bible is not just a book with a bunch of pages that someone thought it would be a good idea to read. It is God's love story written to you so you and I can find who we are and find who we were created to be and be healed and set free from this thing called our sinful nature that is constantly dragging us down. When it comes to breaking the bad within us, we can easily overestimate our personal ability and underestimate the power of God's word. We have to saturate ourselves in God's word. So for me, practically, I challenge you, take one month to get into God's word every day for 15 minutes. 15 minutes, get in God's word for one month. Get on a version reading plan online. There's an app on your phone. Just read God's word for 15 minutes a day and just see what starts to happen within your life. It's fighting with God's weapons and God's power. Set up physical reminders of God's truth. I have a thing on my bedroom wall that I printed out on a piece of paper like this. It's nothing fancy. And it's a reminder every day that tells me to stay dependent and stay humble. I see that every morning when I wake up. It's a, it's a biblical truth I'm reminding myself. Stay dependent on God and stay humble because you're nothing without him. Saturating yourself in God's word. Take it to heart. At some point, something's going to begin to change and be transformed within you because the Bible says that God's word is living. God's word is powerful. God's word is sharper than, sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts deep and exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. God's word brings clarity and speaks to to us in ways that nothing else can. God's word opens up our eyes to things we were previously blind to. God's word begins to uproot the real causes of the lies and the bad thinking that we have and shines a light on the path to freedom. Saturate yourself in God's word. There's nothing else, nothing in this world, no amount of willpower. There's, There's nothing that can set us free from the bad thinking that we have except the word and the truth and the power of God found in scripture. Because we have to realize you and I spend so much time, I, I'm, I'm 26, I'm still like decompressing and, and trying to let go of lies that I believe that were ingrained in me from a very young age for moments of shame that I, I had. And we experience for so long in our life learning to believe lies, learning to identify ourselves in them, learning to get, get comfortable with them, years and years and years of you're a failure, you're never good enough you're never going to amount to anything when we're going to translate and be set free of those things we have to realize that for me to unlearn all those lies and relearn God's truth is going to be a process and that's why up front I said hey this is a day by day by day thing, I am nowhere near the freedom that I want in my bad thinking, but I know, you know what, I'm much further along than I was three weeks ago because of God's grace in, in my life. And if you and I aren't willing to focus on God's absolute truths of who you are instead of our own mental chatter, we're only gonna drift further away from what we desire most, and that's true freedom. Identify those lies and only God can do that. Are, are we paying attention? Are we listening? Learn to confide in community, even if it's just one person. If you don't have anyone to confide in, come talk to me. I'll be your person. Come confide in me. 
I, I don't have all the answers, but I'm, 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 I'm going to be willing to listen because there's, there's power in confiding in the community and not hiding battles that we face and the bad thoughts we have and the lies that we believe. And the third, saturate yourself in God's word. Get truth, God's truth, in front of your eyes and into your heart as much as you can. And know that over time, something actually begins to change and happen where you're like, you know what? I know I believe this for so long, but this is what God says about me. Something inside of me is starting to see it and desire it and believe it. Saturate yourself in God's word. If you guys will close your eyes for me, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Maybe you're here today and you've never begun a relationship with Christ. And that's the beginning of what we talked about today, of experience forgiveness and really experiencing freedom when it comes to the bad thoughts and the bad thinking. Or maybe it's just your life in general. You, You feel like something's missing. Back to week one, we talked about admitting I'm broken, I'm, I'm helpless without Christ. And apart from what he's done for me on, on the cross, I, I, I can't do anything on, on my own. If that's you today and you feel like I want to begin a relationship with Christ, I just want to see your hand so I, I can know to pray for you. Maybe you're here today and you need to commit yourself to these three points we hit on identifying lies, confiding in community, and saturating yourself in God's word you feel the battle that we've been talking about and you want to do something to change it by God's strength and God's grace within your life, I just want to see your hand and say, you know, I'm going to commit to fighting my, my bad thoughts and my bad thinking. God, we know that apart from you, God, we can easily concede to the lies and the bad thoughts that we believe. And God, help us to never uh, overestimate our own ability and lose sight of, of the, the power of your word and who you are, that it's your fight, it's your battle, it's your victory. God, help us to learn what it means to surrender these things to you in our day-to-day fight against our bad thinking. Help us to replace those negative lies, God, with, with your truth. God, open up our eyes to see those things that have been there all along. In Jesus' name.